There are kids in this world who are different. Special. I think it's a hoverboard. They look like us and they act like us. But they are not us. Your mother nature. Who wants a selfie with the Grim Reaper? There's a girl flying in the water. Find the treasure. I she belongs to the world of the good. It's a broken locket, exactly like mine. Talk! GZM shows Mars Imagination Amplified. Hey, Big Fib listeners, it's summer vacation here at the Big Fib. I shouldn't even be recording this. I should be in the pool. But for the next few weeks, we will be re-airing some of our favorite summer-themed episodes, like ice cream, yum, camp, boring, and roller coasters, it's terrifying. We hope you have a great summer break, and we'll be back with new episodes starting in August. And now I'm going to eat this huge pile of hot dogs. I eat too many hot dogs. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Harvester, Missouri, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the colorful and quiescent, sweet-nectared truth and the short-lived, molting frass of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live in Studio Audience. Uh, uh, uh. Thank you, Deborah. You know, that's the first time I've ever heard you sneeze. I didn't even know robots could sneeze. We can't. I mean, we don't. I mean, we don't usually sneeze unless something is caught in our ogle port and I've got a... uh, I've got a question that I need to... uh, Hang on. Just let me clear my sinuses. Do you have any siblings? If so, are they annoying? If not, you want siblings? Good question. You know, I don't currently have any scribblings, and yes, I I could find scribblings to be annoying because they don't mean anything. <laughs> what am I supposed to make of a bunch of nonsensical doodlings? How can you read or interpret scribblings? So, no, I would not like any scribblings. And if you have any, please do not send them to me. Thank you. Oh, Lisa, no. The question is whether or not you have any siblings, not scribblings. What? I'm having a difficult time hearing. I, I think it's the sign that says, wait, wait a minute. Oh, dear. Do you have any siblings? If so, are they annoying? If not, you want siblings? Oh, yeah, now I hear it. Yeah, I don't have any siblings, but I'd probably enjoy one or two. So if anyone has any siblings they want to send my way, send them to Lisa at siblings. No, 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 no. It doesn't really work that. Never mind. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Gesundheit. Thank you. Okay, so hopefully you're all sneezed out so you can start us off by telling everyone how our game works. I think I'm good to go. 
Ah, there you go. It's gone. I don't know. Someone's going to have to clean this up. <laughs> Every week we bring on two grown-ups. One, uh, let's see, uh, I forget. One, oh, one's an expert and the other one, if the one's an expert, the other one's going to be. Oh, the other one's a liar. And it's the job of, um, let me see, we got a, okay, a human child to help us figure out who is who because no one, no one can spot a liar better than a kid. Guaranteed in writing. Here we go. What are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about butterflies, insects that have colorful wings covered by overlapping scales. Mm, yum. <laughs> no, not for food. And we're going to invite a contestant to help us learn about butterflies today. Who might our contestant be, Lisa? Our human child contestant is a 10-year-old who loves board games and has his own YouTube channel. And people on the street are calling him Ben Laverty. <laughs> Hi there, Ben. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I am glad to hear it. Tell me about these things called board games. Does that mean when you play them, you are bored? No, they're like boards and games. <laughs> Give me an example. What board game do you like to play? I like Monopoly. Hmm. Excellent. And like classic Monopoly? Different versions of Monopoly, like Mario Monopoly, Star Wars Monopoly, Monopoly Cheaters Edition. Whoa, wait a minute. What's the Monopoly Cheaters Edition? You don't want to know, Deborah. <laughs> it's like Monopoly, but you have five cheater cards Ooh. that go in the middle. And you can use one of those cheater cards without anyone knowing. And then Ooh. if no one notices you cheating and the next person who rolls the dice, you complete the cheat, you flip it over. And then there's a like reward, I guess. Reward you for cheating? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's like life, Deborah. <laughs> but if you get caught, there's a penalty, like, Go to jail, pay the person who caught you. So ultimately, this game is, it's bad to cheat unless you can get away with it. Is that the name of the game here? I guess. Oh my gosh. What is the world coming to? Also, you don't really want to be in jail because you have to be handcuffed to the board. <laughs> wow, this is an intense game. Oh my gosh. Well, that is interesting. Okay, let's get out of jail for just a second and go to YouTube channel. You have a YouTube channel, Ben? Yeah, I only have like 20 subscribers, though. Oh, well, let's do something about that. What will we find when we go to your YouTube channel? Why don't you start us off with what is the name of your YouTube channel? The name of my YouTube channel is BenTubers. <laughs> okay, and what are we going to find there? It mostly has like food challenges, like where there's one fake food and one real food, like an Oreo with with white cheese melted instead of the icing Ooh. and mayonnaise for the marshmallow instead of like a s'more marshmallow. That would be terrible. Yeah. Mm, that sounds good. You ever have the uh, <laughs> combos where you blend them up with some mustard and some lemonade? Mm, mm, mm. Oh, that's Oof. disgusting. Mm, mm. Oh my gosh. Maybe that'll be on the next episode of Ben's channel. Yeah, that is disgusting. I'm going to yuck my own yum. <laughs> I'm yucking my own yum, everybody. It's never been done, and I just did it. Well done. Well, those are some pretty cool facts about you, but I bet there are some even more cool facts to learn about you, Ben. We're going to do it Big Fib style by playing Two Truths and a Lie. Ben, you're going to share with us three facts about yourself, except two will be true, one will be a lie. We're going to test your lying skills and figure out which one of those facts is a lie. Ben, 
What are your three facts? My favorite animals are pandas. I have one hamster and a dog. And I own 52 stuffed animals. Wow, there's a theme here. I see that. It's animal-related. So what do you think, Lisa? Well, there are 52 weeks in a year. I know that. So he would probably need one stuffed animal for every week. So that one's definitely true. Uh-huh. His favorite animals are pandas, he says. But yet he has a hamster and a dog. That's interesting. That makes me wonder what's going on here. He doesn't seem like he's terribly disappointed with his hamster and dog. If his favorite animal was a panda, he'd be very upset that he had a hamster and a dog and very Mm. resentful that he didn't have a panda. So therefore, I know that one is a lie and his favorite animal, they are not pandas. Thank you for playing. Good night. Okay. Well, let's see if that's actually true. Ben, which one of those facts is a lie? It was actually, I own 52 stuffed animals. <gasps> Ooh, stumped Lisa. What? You don't have one for every week? No, I have more than 52. <gasps> oh my gosh, how many do you have? I think I have like 64. Whoa. Okay, I will admit I got it wrong, but I just want to object and I want to say that if you have 64 stuffies, you also have 52 stuffies, okay? <laughs> and I also want to say I forgot that there are 64 weeks in a year and that's my <laughs> fault and I will own up to it and I apologize. Okay, but it does mean that your favorite animals are pandas that are very sweet. What do you like about pandas? They're cute. Yeah, they are. That's it. That's all you need to say. I agree. And those videos on YouTube of pandas rolling around, also very cute. I don't know. Going down slides. Yes. Like little baby pandas. <laughs> Love it. And you have a hamster and a dog. What are their names? My dog's name is Ginger and my hamster's name is Sunny. Oh, sweetness. Well, we hope they're tuning in too while you play along. And we are going to play along by learning more about butterflies. So can we get some music for our butterfly experts, Lisa? Talk very softly when you come in. Cause butterflies are scared of any heavy wind. Oh, butterflies. <laughs> dream that perfect dream. So good. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, our first expert is Rick Makula. Rick, please introduce yourself to Ben. Hi, Ben. I've been uh, raising butterflies for 40 years. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Rick. And our next expert is Violet Lee. Violet, please introduce yourself to Ben. Hi, Ben. I'm Violet Lee. I am the curator of the Butterfly House and Pollinator Garden at the Tenafly Nature Center. Nice to meet you. Very good. Thank you so much. Tell us about those tunes that are giving me all the butterflies right now, Lisa. You will be happy to know that those tunes tell us that it's hot seat time. Yes, it is. It's hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Ben's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Violet Lee, because her name is my favorite adverb. Which implies that violet is an adjective, which I guess, mm-hmm, sort of a kind of, we'll go with it. I was violently running down the street. Okay. <laughs> ben, what is your first question for Violet? What does a usual day in your job look like? So a lot of my work 
at the Butterfly Pavilion and Nature Center is for the conservation of butterfly habitats. So not only do I continue my research on butterflies and moths as a lepidopterist, but I also make sure to include the botanists in our work, and we make sure that we have enough flowering plants, nectar plants in our gardens so that when springtime comes around, we are ready to go for our visitors and for the many, many species of butterflies that we house in our nature center. Okay. Rick, what does a usual day in your job look like? Well, it's not as pretty as you may think. Uh, I spend a lot of day cleaning caterpillar poop out of cages, collecting more food for them to eat, because the only two things that a caterpillar does is eat and poo and then turn into a butterfly. <laughs> That's like me. <laughs> so I always got to make sure cages are clean and everybody's happy and they get plenty to eat. Okay. For both of you, what made you interested in butterflies? I think it's because they're so beautiful and so colorful, and they do so many interesting things. There's actually one butterfly that flies from North Africa to the Arctic Circle every year. And the more you read about them, the more fascinating things you just find out. So once I picked up my first butterfly book, I knew I was hooked for life. Nice. And same question for Violet. Yes. You know what, Ben? I was probably a little girl, and I remember my family reading The Very Hungry Caterpillar to me, and I was just fascinated by the metamorphosis. And then as I got to know more, I loved seeing how beautiful they were, how they can camouflage. If you've ever seen this amazing moth called the Atlas Moth, it has evolved so that its wings look like the heads of snakes. It's incredible. So you have the most beautiful rainbow-colored butterflies to the most amazing adaptations on butterflies and moths, and I just think that is incredible. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, for both of you, what is your favorite butterfly, and why is it your favorite? I would say my very favorite butterfly is the one called the Royalist of Monarchs. Sometimes we just call it an RM in the community. And the Royalist of Monarchs is one of the largest species of butterflies in North America. It resembles a viceroy or a monarch, but it is even bigger. Its wingspan is as large as my hand. It's pretty incredible. And it is native to many places in North America, in the forests and woodlands. And I just love the big ones. I love the tiny babies, but I love the big ones because it's just mind-blowing to see. Same question to Rick. Oh my gosh, it's hard to pick one favorite one. There's just so many, but I think I always go back to the monarch butterfly because I've been researching them for the last 40 years. And every fall, we actually tag their wings so we could tell how far and how fast they fly. But for an insect, such as a monarch that weighs only a half a gram, to make it a 3,000-mile flight through storms and winds and interstates and everything else— it's pretty incredible. Yeah, they should just get on a plane. I'm with you, Deborah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Violet, do butterflies do mating dances? If they do, what do they look like? Well, butterflies do do a form of a mating dance. It's sort of like a get-to-know-you dance, rather, with the butterflies. It can be coordinated movements that look sort of like a dance, something that's choreographed. Sometimes they can flap their wings in patterns to attract a mate or to tell another competing butterfly, get out of here, I really want to get to know this lady butterfly. And sometimes they can even emit very tiny sounds. If you listen very, very closely, 
At dusk and dawn is when you'll be most likely to hear those tiny sounds that are a part of many butterflies' mating dances. Okay. Rick, how does a butterfly make a cocoon, and how long does it stay inside the cocoon? Well, unfortunately, they do not make a cocoon. They become a chrysalis. And on the average, a butterfly will stay in a chrysalis for two weeks before becoming a butterfly. However, our swallowtails, they could stay in there for six, maybe eight months. And the really amazing part is a certain percentage will hold back until next year, just in case any kind of butterfly virus comes through and wipes out the population. It's still a stronghold to bring back the genetic pool the following year. But the average butterfly stays in the chrysalis for just about two weeks. They'll stay in longer if they have a good podcast to listen to? Well, if the temperatures are a little cooler, they will stay in there longer. And if it's a little bit warmer, you could speed them up. So if I'm supplying butterflies for a movie or TV commercial, and they need them to emerge on a certain day, we could do that all with a photo period by increasing the light they're exposed to or with temperature. And every year, I actually decorate my Christmas tree with chrysalises. And through temperature and light control, we have them all emerge on Christmas Day. Wow. Violet, are there any butterflies that are deadly or dangerous? And what makes them deadly or dangerous? Knives. Oh, no. I don't think they carry knives. Luckily, we don't have butterflies with knives or other weapons in the world. But, you know, it's interesting. There are a few poisonous butterflies. There's also many poisonous caterpillars. And sometimes they can be so poisonous that they emit this very foul-smelling stench that animals and humans can even smell. And it's sort of a warning sign to predators, of course, but it's also a warning sign to people to say, hey, get out of my space. I need to fly around here and find food. So I wouldn't recommend eating any of those things ever. So no, there aren't any poisonous butterflies to humans. They won't be able to attack you, but definitely don't eat any. Those were excellent questions. Well asked, well thought of. Don't you hate it when... Hey, Deborah. Isn't it annoying when... Debra! What, Lisa? Is there a way to listen to GZM podcasts uninterrupted? Why, yes, there is. Skip the interruptions. Go ad-free. Download the GZM Shows app available in the App Store or Google Play for iOS and Android, and you... Thank you! Sure. I... I hate being interrupted. Me too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. 
Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are like really sneaky and you often don't know how they're feeling. And the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Big Fib! Okay. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Ben will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, power up, because this is the butterfly stroke of the show. Ben, we're going to start with Rick. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. What is it called when lots of butterflies gather around wet dirt and sand looking for salt and minerals? It's called puddling because it's a puddle. What is the name of the most common white butterfly in the United States? It's called the cabbage white butterfly. How high does a butterfly's body temperature have to be to fly? If the sun is out, 55. Without the sun, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. How far do monarch butterflies migrate? The farthest ones fly 3,000 miles. Fact or fib, all butterfly larvae eat plants. Fact. In the book by Eric Carl, what is the last thing the very hungry caterpillar eats before coming a butterfly? I would have to pass on that. Microwave popcorn. <laughs> what is the one continent where we cannot find the painted lady butterfly? Antarctica. How fast can a butterfly fly? The fastest one is 35 miles an hour. And time. Okay, listen, I got to stop you there, okay? Thank you. Lisa, could you kindly reset the timer? This is becoming a thing, Deborah. It is, it is. Yeah, last time for this episode, though, okay? <laughs> okay. Ben, you are going to ask Violet your shorts on fire questions now. How many species of butterflies are there in the world? About 20,000. Name two colors that butterflies can see. Purple and red. Name one butterfly predator. Lizards. Wolves. <laughs> From where in their bodies do butterflies breathe? The Minioris blowhole, which is like a little hole in their abdomen. What is the name of the largest butterfly? The Queen Alexandra birdwing. What do you call the large colorful circle on a butterfly's wing that scares predators? The eye spot. Which part of the face do you use to give butterfly kisses? Pass. Fact or fib, butterflies fly during the day. Fact. How many hours do butterflies sleep at night? Six. How many times can a butterfly flap its wings in one second? Five times. What is it called when one small change can have large effects in the future? Occam's razor. 
And that is time. time. <laughs> Very good. Well done, experts, both of you. It's decision time. Ben must tune his antenna into the facts he's heard today to determine which are true and which are not. Ben, who is our big fibber? I think Rick is the big fibber. Why do you think Rick is our big fibber? It just sounded like he was the fibber, I guess. Okay, good enough. Will the actual butterfly expert say, I am the butterfly expert? I am the butterfly (gasps) expert. Oh, no. That's right. Rick McCullough has been raising and caring for butterflies for 40 years. He is the author of butterfly books such as Garden Butterflies of North America and the Family Butterfly Book and many others. Rick also does school programs, teacher workshops, and has the first and largest butterfly website in the world, butterflywebsite.com. Welcome, Rick. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Good. I'm so glad. So I want to do some fact-checking now. So, Rick, how did Violet try to pupon on facts? Well, I'd really like to see that royal monarch butterfly she talked about, because they don't exist. <laughs> and the Akam's razor one really cracked me up. I thought that was kind of funny. That's right. The small change that can have a large effect, that's the butterfly effect. So, Violet, which lies did you try to camouflage as truth? Well, one in particular was about butterflies sleeping at night. And I have heard that they don't actually sleep. Is that right, Rick? No, they don't. Because they don't have any eyelids, they can never close their eyes. Whoa, that's terrible. So they actually don't sleep. They rest. It's called quiescent, right? Yes. And at one point about the butterfly dances, every species does have a particular dance. And one that you could see is in the summertime, the little white cabbage butterflies in your garden, you'll see two of them that'll start to spiral around each other. And they'll keep spiraling upward until they become invisible at about 400 feet. And that's called the spiral dance. Whoa, cool. So let's go back to some of the things that Violet said. You talked about where they breathe. I feel like some of that was true and some of that was not. Is that correct? That's right. I completely made up the Miniaris blowhole as a small blowhole that is only on, I guess, aquatic mammals at this point, as far as I know. But they do breathe through small holes in their abdomens. Called spiracles. Ah, interesting. Okay, so I just wanted to clarify, too, what part of the face do you use when you give butterfly kisses? It's actually the eyelashes, when you flutter your eyelashes at somebody. Also, butterflies flying during the day. Are there some butterflies that fly at night, Rick? Yes, there still are some. Mm. And most people think that moths only fly at night, but there's just as many that fly in a day. Good to know. And the final fact I'll clarify, the last thing that the very hungry caterpillar ate was a leaf. A nice green leaf. Yes. Well, we have migrated to the end of the show. Thanks to Ben, our monarch of fact finders. Thank you to our experts and liar Rick and Violet. And thanks to Lisa for the super fly sounds. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into the Big Fib, where we larve all truth and we clip the wings of lies. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can send questions to me to read on Ask Lisa and find out how you can participate and follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And now, I am going to disappear into my chrysalis for two weeks. Oh. I'll see you soon. See ya. 
Thanks for listening, and don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at www.gzmshows.com to be the first to hear about new shows, merch, and so much more. GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.